Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome back to another episode of the Holy Grail podcast. I'm here once again with my best friend, Tom Dore. Big week. How's the kids, Tom? Uh, um, kids are okay. Uh, episode two, back again. Um, thought we'd sneak, a, sneak another one in pre-Chrissy and then we'll have a little Chrissy New Year's break and come back and we'll have the Melbourne Test Match to talk about, NBA season will have kicked off. But for now, we're a fair bit of previewing kind of thing, aren't we? A little bit of a review of that first test and looking forward to it. Well, don't we have a show in store for the viewers? (sighs) Firstly, the Test Match, India v Australia. Pink Ball doing heaps and Pat Cummins doing everything we could possibly ask for. We look into the ups and downs of the Adelaide Test for both sides where it went wrong for India, and then what changes are made to the sides for the epic Boxing Day test, which we're so excited about. A couple other worldly performances in the Big Bash made watching it ever so slightly more bearable. We discuss the Aussie cricket training kit and go back in time and look at some of the best and worst sporting uniforms in history. The NBA season starts in just one day, opening night, and some regular season award tips are on their way, plus a few takes from the off-season moves. Keep your ears and eyes peeled for that one, Matty Mal. To wrap it up, we introduce our first instalment of the Holy Grail Mail. We read your mail and give our thoughts and ideas. Few shapes of banter to be cut along the way, and where does 2021 take us? Finally, this podcast would not be possible without our good friends at Headlands Vodka. If you're after a good time and a good head the next day, treat yourself to the quality drop of Headlands Vodka. Locally brewed in the Illawarra by our good friend Lockie Hindley, who I know after this shout out will jump on board with some sponsorship and we can get some super saucy discount codes going. Dory, thoughts? Well, firstly, if... uh Headlands Vodka want to send us uh, a couple of bottles, then that'd be lovely. lovely. I'd love to sip on one while I'm sitting here. (laughs) But uh, my thoughts. So circa Friday night, we come to you, we're recording this on a Tuesday morning, but Friday night I was feeling pretty unsafe, a bit vulnerable. (laughs) There's a COVID cluster that's coming out of the northern beaches it seems to be seeping its way down to Wollongong where we are. Apparently, I don't know, we're told that, I don't know, there's some restrictions happening. No one really knows what the go dance, is. Dance floors are closed in the Illawarra. And so feeling a bit unsafe. And then the Aussies aren't helping me out either. We're five for 59 and then seven for 111. T-Pain's trying to dig in, but it's just, it's not happening. We're still 133 runs behind India. But then Payne just comes out and when no one other than probably Coley could do anything with the bat, looked remotely productive with the bat, T-Payne just comes out and he's just cutting and back foot punching through that backward point region, just peppering that boundary, just keeping the scoreboard ticking over. All of a sudden, 100 runs behind, not too bad. It'd be bad if we got 90, 80, 70, 60... Shit, next thing we're about 53 runs behind. Joshy Hazelwood nicks off. Good catch to Chideshwa Pajara. But all of a sudden you're like, hold on. This is okay. I'm feeling a little better. I'm feeling a bit better. And then Paddy Cummins comes out and 
he's got what I think I had six, seven overs with that new pink ball under lights. He nips one back, knocks over Pritvi Shaw's castle. But in fairness, Standard. in Standard. fairness, I could have driven our truck from back home. Could have driven. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly what say. <laughs> Our Western Star truck through the gap between bat and pad. Poor <laughs> <laughs> old Pritvi's just nowhere near it. Um, he did the same in that in that first innings. He just threw his bat out there, oh. this wild one that was just not even in the the same postcode as no. his body, and he's chopped on. And it's just the opposite of what you are, you want your opener to do. It is. Year. It is, and it just made me feel that little bit more safe and secure. Just. Yeah. T-Pain, doing heaps, captain's knock, Paddy Cummins, ooh, gives us a little sniff. Next thing, playing cricket on Saturday, 3 o'clock in the, oh, nah, might have been 4, played an hour's worth of cricket. Tune in and India are 7 down for like 23. Oh, how good. Just listen, Things are good again. Just Things listen good to, to this. Safe again. Now, Mitchie Stark did bowl very well, uh, but Mitchie Stark had... Uh, no wickets, seven runs off six overs. Uh, economy rate of 1.17. Uh, Hasn't even been in a conversation. <laughs> oh, I know. Poor <laughs> Mitch. Fair, that's a fair spell of bowling. <laughs> Poor Mitch has just been swept under the carpet here. But here's where the magic happens. Pat Cummins, 10.2 overs, 21 runs, four wickets. Uh, economy rate of 2.03. And Joshy Hazelwood. I talked him down last episode. I, I didn't really talk him down. I just said he was just... Pat Cummins excites me a little bit more. But five overs, eight runs, five wickets. He was five... <gasps> after four overs, he had figures of five for three. That's... Five <laughs> for three. That is just actually outrageous. Um, just, I don't know. And I did a bit of research on this. So 36... In my show notes, I just got 36, lol. Yeah. Um, India, so 36 is the lowest total ever at Adelaide. 36 is the lowest total ever by the Indian Test Cricket Team. It is the fifth lowest of all time, the equal fifth lowest of all time, and it is the lowest ever score since 1955. So in 65 years? 65? Uh, that's, yeah, 65. Yeah. 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 Lowest score in 65 years of test cricket. Well. Yeah. <laughs> India, what were you doing? Um, so let's, let's talk what happened in that innings while we're on the topic. What, what, what are your takeaways? What happened to India? Where did they go wrong? Because, I mean, you look at the second innings of Australia now, Matty Wade, I don't want to say it was embarrassing, but it was how we got out. He hit it straight into the fieldsman and went, oh, yeah, no, it's, I've, it's, I've blasted that through him and it dropped at his feet. <laughs> and <laughs> he got halfway down the pitch oh. before he realised. Um, Joey Burns, 51 not out. Good yep. to see him back and runs. Yep. Um, and we'll address what that does for him we will. regarding we'll the boxing test. Boxing Day test. Uh, Marnus, he's just trying to make runs. I think that you can't really take much out of that. Marnus and Smith. And Smith was just, yeah. he was just there for Got the Got him ride. home. Got him home. But, so, it wasn't like the pitch was ridiculously hard to bat on because 
Joe Burns, who has been really good at making batting look very difficult, has made 51. Mm. So what happened, Tom? Well, I was watching the... I was watching Warney speak, I think it was sometime on either day two or really early day three. And it was when they were doing the graphic of Paddy Cummins and Josh Hazelwood just landing them on a handkerchief. Like, yeah. literally put a handkerchief down and they were just landing it on that all the time. Yep. Bowling unbelievably consistent, beating the bat, looking looking good. Warney just made the comment, if they can just pitch that up half a metre, half a metre fuller, then you're bringing the batsman onto that front foot a little bit more and you're more likely to get the edge. So yep. if you bowl on that slightly back of a length, you're more likely to miss that outside edge. And this is Warnie, like, look, Warnie can go off on some tangents oh, and whatever, but matter. he obviously knows a thing or two because that was exactly what especially Hazelwood and Cummins did in that innings, in that second innings. Yep. They've just pitched it up that half metre fuller and all of a sudden those ones that were missing the outside edge just tickling through to yep. Payne. Also, shout out to Tim Payne, man of the match performance, uh, he scored his 73 not and then took seven catches as well. Yeah, that's good. Um, but, yeah, just all of a sudden, they're finding that outside edge. Catches are going to hand. Yeah. T-Pain takes a couple of good ones. Cam Green takes a bit of a screaming to get rid of Coley. That's, Things that's just gotta... start to roll and roll and roll, and then India just panicked. And, look, fair enough. Um, collapses happened, but they just had no answers. They had no answers. They didn't. And, like... I mean, it's pretty hard. You look at the some of the scores. We're just looking at the scorecard now. And um, Pajara, eight ball duck. That, that that's your brick wall. That's your mm. the guy that they were like, oh, it's okay. We've just lost our and now not watching uh, Boomer, but he's just going to come out and just and play again, this game. again, Pajara on that last point. Pajara was playing and missing, and they were saying. G's good at not following the ball. So he yeah. doesn't... Fo- if it goes away from him, he just holds that line. And generally, you play and miss. It doesn't look great, but it's sort of... They talk about it as it's actually a decent play and miss. So he's just yeah. held his line, hasn't followed it. But they bowled that little bit fuller, got him on the front foot, and rather than playing and missing, got that early edge. And then you just keep on rolling, keep on rolling. Yeah. Virat, um, probably pretty unlucky. I mean... Nine times out of ten, that gets through. Um, it was a good catch by Cameron Green. Um, also, probably slashed it. Going very hard at a wide one yeah. when you're four or yeah. five for not many. Yeah. But um, Ajinka, I can never say his first name, eh? Ajinka Rahani. <laughs> Rahani. Uh, I just feel like he's been around for so long, hey? I just, I feel like, come on, mate, your time's up. I think, I think the I think the talk coming out of India is that they're sort of feeling a bit like that too. Like he's the vice captain. Kohli yeah. goes home now, so Ajinka Rahani is the captain. captain. Yeah, he's sort of just he has been around a long time. Like yeah. this would have to be his third or fourth even tour of Australia. Yeah, like definitely. he's been around for what feels like eight or ten years. Definitely. Um, but he just feels like he started at that number five, number six bat, who was sort of you know solid yeah. enough keeping his place, but he hasn't done too much more than that no, no i think not. i think the indian um the vibe out of india is that they want and expect a lot more from rahani well i mean you can't really 
in the first innings, run your captain out. Mm. And go, yes, that's it. No. He's oh. already halfway down the pitch, you idiot. Like, I know you're running to the danger end, but fuck, you're dead. <laughs> like, why, where's the weight? Where, where you've hit I, it straight towards the field. I think that's the, uh, that was obviously the pivotal turning moment oh. of the test match. That was at nine o'clock, uh, close of play at like local time, close of play at 10 o'clock. So there's an hour left in that first day. India, uh, oh, sorry, I should know, but they were three for 160 or thereabouts. Like thereabouts. really solid total. Rahani goes and then all of a sudden they take the new ball Oh, no, sorry. Kohli, Rahani runs Kohli out. Yep. They take the new ball. Stark gets it nipping around. Yep. Cummins, they all pick up a couple of late wickets. Yep. All of a sudden, rather than being three or four for that 200, they're six or seven for that 200. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then they Aussies come in, clean them up the next morning, and it just kept rolling from there. I just, I just wonder what pressure was on India. It was the first day. Mm. What pressure was on India to make runs at that point? No, like you no. look at their their score at the moment, uh, at the end of their innings after ninety three point one overs, so they only survived an extra thirteen yep. point one overs with yep. that new ball. Yep, and uh, we took it on the eightieth over, I believe. Yep. Um, so they were ten for two forty four. If Coley stays in then, and then Rahane just goes wait wait, that score's above three hundred easy, oh. and they would have bat batted well into day two. Yeah, and that test match is on its head. Like in a split second, and Australia probably folds mm. as quickly as they did, and India are like, yeah, we got this one in the bag. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like pivotal. That's a pivotal moment. And then in the second innings, uh, four ball duck, uh, caught caught behind by Hazelwood, doing what Pajara doesn't do. Like he just kept following yeah. the ball. He's like, yeah. oh, where's that edge? Where's that edge? And yeah. He played and missed two or three and then yep. did that and you just think oh mate what are you doing with yourself like you're a number five bat and like don't get me wrong he's a good batsman he's had a, cu- a couple of really really good tours of Australia yeah you, you've got to I at think, some point go oh, I think I think there's a lot of pressure on him um, to deliver in these next couple of tests um, yep. and then there was the dismissal of Rudy Saha as well where he just got a straight one like Hazelwood been bowling absolute jaffers yeah and he just got a straight one and just hit it straight to a short mid-wicket yeah, and just yeah. picked Marnus out beautifully. And it's like, oh, man. Like, they just they just panicked. And it happens. Mm. Cricket's, a, cricket's a funny game. Always yeah. say it. But, but then you'd almost... You, you got to take your head off the tin pain. That's great captain's <laughs> Yeah. And good bowling by Joshy Hazelwood. Yep. He's... Like, that's how they work. They they work on the fact that they're just going to set this bloke up. Like, yep. <laughs> well, I was listening to the great cricketer uh, there last night at work and... Well, they were talking about, have you ever noticed yourself getting set up for a direct shot and you still fucking do it? <laughs> like you get peppered by short balls. And oh, like, I hate getting peppered by short balls. Yeah. I'm, I suck <clears> at getting on my back foot. But you just get short ball after short ball after short ball. And then the in-swing in New Yorker comes in and you yep. still try and flick it off your pads. Yep. Get either yep. LBW or your off stump yep. pulled out of the ground. Yep. And you just wind up. The second it happens, you go, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> but oh, it I always know. happens. I know, it happens. So, um, And so also, just before we go past the Australian bowling attack as well, Stark, Cummins and Hazelwood are all back in the top 10 ICC bowling test rankings. As they should be. Um, Lino 
arguably stiff not to be in there. But, I mean, the dude didn't even get a bowl in the second innings. No. Nah. Just, just was not required. But he also, I thought he bowled really well. What his figures were, we're just looking 21 overs, one for 68. Yeah, yeah. I thought he bowled a lot better than that. As soon as, Pajara looked really comfortable there in that first innings. Yeah. And then as soon as Lyon came on, he just looked way less comfortable. He looked a little bit yeah. panicky. He was trying to make something happen rather than, like, he was just happy to just block and let the ball go, mm. block, let the ball go. But as soon as Lyon came on, he was trying to push forward, push back. Things were happening, so. Yeah, is that uncanny knack to be able to just throw a little bit of pressure yep. on, like, just change it up a little bit? Yeah. Because especially with the like, attack that we have, yep. Paddy Cummins, Sazerwood, Starkey, and even throwing Cam Green, they still fucking peppering him down with a bit yep. of bounce, bit, yep. of, bit of here and there mm-hmm. at 140 clicks. It's a big change-up. Mm. Um, and I actually do, like, Marnus got one over. I reckon that they should try and get Marnus a bit more of a bowl. Yeah, I wouldn't Throws a bit that. of runs out there, but just adds that little bit of, like, well, uncertainty. I just, I just that. loved how as soon as Lyon came on, they got a silly, like, Silly mid off, mm. they had a short leg. Yeah. Man in around the bat. Yeah. Um, Lions wicket was shit. Who you get caught? He he got Pajara in the end. Yeah. Caught it leg slip. So you, you get men around the around the bat, yeah. and they just they're not as comfortable. All of a yeah. Sudden. No. Um, well, and he gets that extra bounce. So I thought he was I thought he was still fairly good, but yeah, this Australian attack it's it's dangerous. It and is dangerous. Like someone like a Jimmy Pattinson. Is he one of the most unlucky blokes? Like <laughs> literally, nearly in any other bowling attack, he's he's playing every test, yeah, and he's probably nearly the leader of the attack. Like oh. he's that firebrand come in, and he has just been for a very long time now that sort of yeah. fifth bowler on the outer. Michael Neese is another one who really consistent. Like whenever he gets a go for the yeah. Australia A team, yeah. bowl brilliantly. Um, he's not far off, so that bowling depth's definitely there. Yeah. Um, and it's good signs for Australia. Maybe not so good signs for India, though. No. Nah. What do we? What do they do about Prithvi Shaw? Kohli's going. Kohli's gone. Kohli's gone. Um, and Mohammed Shami, he's surely got a broken arm. Um, Paddy <laughs> Cummins hit him there. He had to retire hurt in that second innings. Um, fair enough, too. If I was batting number 9 or 10 or 11, and Pat Cummins, Pat Cummins and Hazelwood are just peppering them, I wouldn't have wanted to be there either, but straight up, fuck that. <laughs> you don't want to be there, hey. But I tell you what, he's he looked in a lot of strife there when he got hit. Yep. Um, so I don't know. Like they have that. I think they've the Siraj and Saini, but Sa- Saini's probably your go-to if that if uh, he comes out just yep. because of he's had experience bowling too. Yeah. Um, the Australian lineup. Um, yeah. However, that's a big they they attacked him in the ODIs. Yeah, they did. They, they, they did. You noticed Davy Warner did it. I think it was in the third ODI. Um, saying he come in the bowl and first ball, he's just like, I'm smoking this yeah. bloke. Wherever the ball is, I don't care where it is. I'm just smoking yeah. it. And he hit him for four. Two balls later, hit him for four again. Yeah. And saying he's just like, I think it's just because he's so like. Young and just yeah, I don't know too much about him, but I think he's just fairly inexperienced. Even in the A game, he was going for runs. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a lot of the bowlers were tight, so did take wickets though. He did take wickets. Yeah, he did. Um, but he did go for runs. And is um, that a, is that a thing that India can afford with no Kohli? 
Yeah, regardless, Muhammad Shami is, I think he's a genuine world-class bowler. I oh, think he's a gun. Jammies, and so he he's going to be a huge loss to replace regardless. Yeah. Um, be a lot of pressure on Jasper Bumrah. Absolutely. To do a bit. Absolutely. And he might have to bowl longer spells because yeah. um, Shami is so good at just holding that end up, yeah. putting it on a spot like and can bowl those long, tough spells. Similar to, well, I don't know, Paddy Cummins and Josh Hazelwood both do it. But he's yeah. sort of like, he's the um, Joshy Hazelwood equivalent can just... Nice seam yeah. up, get it, get the ball to do a little bit. Doesn't um, doesn't tire out. Still bowls consistently. And so he's going to be a big loss. Yeah. Um. The and then there's question mark on Pretty Shaw. Like surely he has to come out. Yeah. You can't. I can't, can't be throwing your bat. You got to either come out or um. I think he just doesn't belong at the top of the order. You can't be throwing your batter yeah. down to the ball, moving like hooping like that. And, yep. He has, a, enough, he yeah. has a decent record, however, like in test match. I think he still averages 50 in test matches, but obviously in India, flat decks. Yeah. He can sort of come out and play that attacking way. Yeah. But he, yeah. So I would imagine that Shubman Gill will probably come in at the top of the order. He's the logical one. He's They're sort of the, the two protege um, opening bats. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is Rohit Sharma, I think. I think he might be right to come back in. So yeah, he's, that's a pretty big in for... He travelled to Australia late. He missed all the limited overs stuff. Yeah. Um, and then he's had to quarantine for two weeks. But I reckon... I haven't seen too much news about it, but I was trying to find something there last night, and I think he might be available for Melbourne. Yeah. So he's another one who can come in. And then they've also got KL Rahul and Rishabh Pant in the squad who can both... They're both those wicketkeeper batsmen, but can both play as specialist bats. Yeah, I really liked Rashad Pant when he was over here last time. Yeah, when, when was that? Um, and he was keeping at the time, um, but I just really liked his like ability to just be aggressive and just have a different take on the game at certain points within the game, yeah. and his ability to know when to mm. go and when it was okay. It, his only problem was he wasn't very good at defending the ball and sticking around for long periods of time. Mm. Like Australia did persist with just bowling him, bowling like a certain line at him that he'd just keep slashing it, keep yep. slashing it, and just then throw one in at him and he just yep. wouldn't be able to handle it. It's just a, basically how they do it all the time, just set yeah. him up for a ball. Yep. And um, but he did score a quick 550 there in the A game um, just last week. So he's obviously not in bad touch. Yep. Kale Rahul, I thought he would have played personally. Yeah. Um, but obviously they've gone with Hanuma Vahari at that number six, who hasn't done anything to impress me as of yet. But look, making more runs than most <laughs> true, of the others. True. <laughs> so um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But I was, I thought they were in a real bit of strife, and then I had a bit of a look, and obviously Coley huge out. I think the bowling will be a bit thin with Shammy yeah. out, but um, I think they do have enough batting depth in Gill, Pant, Kao Rahul, and yeah. Rohit Sharma to probably to somewhat cover it anyway. Yeah. So hopefully for them, a couple band aids be, on the wounds. Yeah, they can be a little bit um, more productive with the bat yeah. in Melbourne. Um, make a bit more of a game out of it. Yeah. Well. Uh, let's quickly get through Australia's side 
Let's yep. let's go from the top. Yep. Um, so, just a refresher. Um, the side was Matty Wade, Joe Burns opening with Martis and Steve at uh, three and four. Head at five. Cameron Green is that all rounder at six. Then Paney, and then the bowling four: Paddy Cummins, Starkey, Lyons, and Hazelwood. Yep. Now, um, all the bowlers. And Pony obviously stay. Yeah. Um, I think Cameron Green stays. I think they'll pick and stick with Cameron um, Green. Obviously, Steve and Labashane stay. Um, big three for me are Joe Burns, Matty Wade, Travis Head, with David Warner expected to make his return. I think the chat is that David Warner will be fit. Yep. Um, not a certainty at this stage, but they seem to reckon he will be right. Yeah. Um, the other thing is Will Pukowski. I don't think Will Pukowski will play in Melbourne and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him at all at all this series which is unfortunate but he's had his ninth concussion ninth or tenth ninth concussion yeah, it is he's had um eight of them from eight from, from cricket. cricket eight oh. from cricket one from I'd imagine being a Melbourne boy would have played some AFL get out of the road <laughs> I'm sorry oh. I'm sorry dude but like I mean, I've had a few concussions from footy, but I've never had one from cricket, and I don't know anyone who has. Yeah. And, like, if you're up to your eighth from cricket, maybe you're mm. not that good at the pull shot. Maybe you're not getting out of the road. Maybe your reaction time's not quite quick enough. Yeah. Maybe wait until you can... For, for you're picking real, the ball up like beach balls, and you're on 250 to start yeah. doing it. For a really good batsman. Like, obviously, he's a gun, and he's yep. been a prodigy, like... Since he was seventeen, he's now what twenty one. So he, like he's been, he's had you know chat about him for probably like five years now. Yeah, finally nearly got to see him. He's been making like clearly the kid can bat. Oh the yeah, the kid no, can no, play. It, but it's good. Just it's unfortunate that he's really struggling with that. And so oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, nine concussions, ninth concussion. I reckon he'll. I'd be very surprised if we saw him, especially yeah. with Joey Burns. It wasn't. He still didn't look very convincing that no. first innings, but he's made his fifty. And that relationship like, with David on him, Warner, that, that'll take. They that'll seem play. to. They seem to put a fair bit of value on that. And another thing that I thought, I, and this is, it's unfortunate, but I think Matty Wade comes out of the side. Uh, I think mm. Travis Head stays. Yeah. Um, Joe Burns stays. Yeah. Um, the downside that Matty Wade has is that he holds the bat the wrong way. I was about the same way as Dave Warner. And that left-right combination at the top of the order, it just it throws bowling bowlers out sometimes. And not not in a way that, like, oh, they struggle bowling to the left-hander, but they like bowling to the right-hander. Not like that. But they spend so much time trying to set up a batsman for a certain ball that when that strike changes, they've got to set up again. And they've got to bowl, you know... 10, 11, 12 balls before you bowl that one ball that's going to get him out. In fairness to Matty Wade, we've seen Davey Warner bat right-handed a lot. He does love a switch <laughs> yeah, hit. So maybe switch maybe Wade, he could just get under get under Warner and, hey, Davey, do you mind batting right-handed for me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, I couldn't imagine Matty Wade because he's got that like real like yeah. over-the-shoulder kind yeah. of head-over-the-shoulder like batting style. I could not imagine him as a right-hander. No. It'd, it'd make my brain twist in half. So, so maybe maybe that's the other one. Um, Simon O'Donnell, former Australian 
all-rounder. Um, done a fair bit of commentary over his time. He's, he made the comment that Wade has signed his own death warrant, which is um, <laughs> seems pretty grim. Extreme. <laughs> signed his own death warrant just for being a really good team man and putting his hand up too open. Um, he That's was sort of right. saying that if Wade had a not done that, then personally, like, I was really, really excited to see Cam Green. I still am. Yeah. And I hope they pick and stick with him. Yeah. But oh, I wouldn't have been surprised if there wasn't that position at the top of the order that Matt Wade probably would have just kept that number six spot. Well, even for like the first a... test anyway, because they seem to like the fact that whoever's in there should stay in there until like they have to come out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I wouldn't have been surprised if Wade batted at six, Cam Green missed out. But we've all got a taste of Cam Green. He's tall, he's blonde, he looks good, he looks yeah. strong. And I'd just say, like, yeah, maybe Wade's a great fielder. Mm. Um, sticks his hand up, he's a great team man. He's the one that's out there chatting the whole time. Yeah. He might not get the chat out of Cammy Green. He's young, he's a bit inexperienced. He's just trying to find his yeah, place yeah. in the absolutely. side. Absolutely. But can you bowl, Matt, can you bowl 144 clicks an hour at 200 centimetres and bat six and still make hundreds? We've seen Matty Wade bowl. No. We've seen Matty Wade bowl. It's yeah. nothing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's nothing special. It's awful. And it's short. <laughs> yeah, and it's, no bounce. Nah. It skids on. It's and skinny. It's very, very, like, if Virat Kohli was playing the second test and Matty Wade come on the bowl, it's just he'd be biting his bottom lip. It's just jump. It. It's just jump on the front dog yeah. and just drive because it's not getting up. Whereas <laughs> Kim Green pushing him through fairly quick, yeah. getting him through around the chest, around the neck. Yeah, look, Bobby blonde hair rolling into it must yeah. be distracting for right. a batsman. Like he just it's a bit love struck. A bit like Pat Cummins. Like you just see that man running in, and he just he looks so good so aesthetically pleasing running in like it'd have to catch your eye it'd have to be off putting I'd, I'd want to charge him just to get closer just to get him. closer mm. <laughs> right Tom um, let's move on I think we move on one last one okay. COVID cluster SCG test don't be surprised if the third test is in either Melbourne or we go back to Adelaide yeah um, is I Perth can... closed? Perth closed oh maybe Perth gets a test could be, could be an option could off the be. stadium. They um but they were put, kicking up a stink that they didn't get one. So, But I can't see the SCG test happening, which is unfortunate because I was actually kind of keen to go along and actually watch that one. But yeah. I am not expecting that to go ahead. Look, if New South Wales pull, pulls their finger out of their ass and listens to uh, their, their restrictions and their, their guidelines, yep. um, maybe... Maybe we'll be lucky, but um, yeah, at this stage, not looking, no. not looking good. No. Um, right. right. Big bash. A couple of really, really good uh, performances. Dan Christian, 50 or 15 balls, absolutely lightning. And if you haven't watched it already, go and watch it. It is an absolute masterclass of absolutely slogging the red to the rope. Oh, the white. Oh, it was the white, yeah. <laughs> it was a white ball. Just the setup. The setup is just it's baseball esque. Like <laughs> it's that high. It's back cocked up high, just ready. Like there's no backswing. Yeah. Because he's just up there already and just drops the hammer down and yeah, 
And he's got something. Gives him a tap. He's got something weird on his bat. I didn't. I don't know what it was. It's like a. It looks like a bit of red tape down the bottom, and it almost looked like a, a Dan Christian move. It's like a bandiana just around the bat. He's just like, oh, let's go, boy. <laughs> it just look. It just looks real. He's Alpha. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a, a Naranja boy, a bit of yeah. a country cowboy. Yeah. Um, nah, that was that was really good to watch. And he came in when the Sixers were about three for fifty odd after ten. In they trouble. got to, I think they got to 177 off the back of Christian's genuine quick fire fifty or fifteen. Yeah. Second quickest ever. Yeah. Obviously Chris Gale there a few years back scored a fifty in I believe 12 balls. That's um, ridiculous. That which is, is just outrageous. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Dan Christian did heaps for the Sixers. And the reason that the Sixers were in that doo-doo was that our man, Dan Pipes Worrell, well. Frankie Worrell, was just bowling genuine, like hand grenades. He was, I just had that white ball swinging away. I think it was Josh Philippi. late, late yeah. movement. Josh Philippi and Jackie Edwards, um, like, they just couldn't get near it. No. They were just, just so many play and miss. I think he only ended up with the one wicket, but I think about 17 dot balls yeah. out of his 24, yeah. um, which, and most, of, like, a lot of them were play and misses. Yeah, yeah. He was very, very good. So Pipes, Pipes has had a, a week. He's, he's going pretty he's well. He's batting balls, so maybe... If I tell you what, if Cam Green misses out again, Pipes. Oh, look out. Pipes is the number six. Look out. Um, on that game, I was listening to I was listening to the great cricketer quite a lot last night, and um, I came across Sam Perry saying, "Shout out to peasant uh, he goes, peasant he goes." Um, and I quote: "Tall runs are weird runs." And Jack Edwards just looks odd, doesn't he? <laughs> the long hair and just massive, but just. Lanky, just thin. Mm. And look, he's probably a really good guy and he's, he can chill back. But they're just, it looks weird. Mm. <laughs> Every it shot does. he loves, it's, it, it doesn't does. look convincing. And yeah. I have to agree with you on that one. The other thing that strikes me about Jack Edwards is the kid's 20, maybe 21, like he's young. Yeah. yeah. And he feels at first slip. <laughs> like what sort of crazy alpha shit has he got going on that at 19, 20, 21, he can perch himself in the first slip. That's like my brother. My brother was playing juniors the other week and he went and fielded for the other team because they were short and somehow got a gig in slips. The only one in slips. But he was like, yeah, no, boys, I've got this. I... If I was the captain of the other team, you'd be doing fine leg to fine leg, champion. Absolutely. I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, and if you're not the captain and you're not fielding at first slip, then you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah. But like, just whatever, whatever shit Jack Edwards has got spinning, then he's he's doing well. Yeah. Um, Good on him. That that was the that was the other main takeaway I got from that game was just Jack Edwards looking big and imposing at first slip. Yeah. Um, Benny McDermott's had a good week. He yep. scored a hundred for Isaiah last last week, and then Followed led the Hurricanes to victory over the Renegades with eighty nine or fifty five. Looked good, really good innings. Um, he's been doing it for a few years now. Um, has Benny McDermott, and he got a little go in the Australian side there for a bit. 
Um, sort of, it's a bit of a tough one. Like these blokes, Chris Lynn was similar there for a while. They kill it in the top three yep. for their respective sides. Like he's an opener slash number three, has been doing it for years, doing really well in the big bash. But then the only way to get into the Australian side is they sort of come in at that five, six, which is a completely yep. different role oh, yeah. in the international T20 setup. So he, I think he got ran out about four out of his six innings or something <laughs> like that, something stupid. But um, good to see him just keep piling on the runs. Um, yeah, he's good. Need that batting depth in Australian cricket and hopefully he just keeps on rolling. Um, and before we finish on the big bash, I just wanted to um, mention two things. Matty Renshaw is another one of those tall, weird runs, weird run makers. Runs. It just, yeah. I remember when Matty Renshaw came out to open the batting um, in a... It was a pretty prime Australian side, but we were missing an opener. Yeah. And uh, he came out and made a few runs and everyone was like... This is this is it. This is where opening batting is is going for Australia, and then off the face of the earth, never saw him again. The other thing with um, <laughs> the other thing with that great cricketer chat about tall runs is you can have tall runs, but it's offset by thickness. Yeah, yeah. So you can be thick. so Matty Hayden is tall, but he's he was so thick, mm. so thick, so. Your runs can still look good. Matty's just yeah, tall yeah. and big. Just yeah. big boy. Yeah. Even uh, Graham Smith. Graham I mean, Smith, he was yeah. awkward, but like, again, thick. Yeah. Whereas these blokes, Renshaw, Jackie Edwards, hopefully, just, they, hopefully they feel out a bit. They got, <laughs> Jackie Edwards especially. Matty Renshaw's not too yeah. bad, but um, when you're only making six as number three, that's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the other one, Phil Salt isn't... Is an absolute hack. Absolute hack. Oh, I have never seen anyone throw the bat harder at the ball. <laughs> he hit a um, he hit a cut shot there the other night against the Sixers that went through the hands of Brathwaite, I think yeah. it was, and he fucking whacked it. It was coming so quick that he couldn't even get his breath. He couldn't get his hands up to bloody. He was fielding twenty five meters <laughs> like a square leg, and he could not he could, like at that sort of point ish region and could not get his hands up quick enough. Um, oh. Yeah, he's a genuine hack. And then generally gets out slogging across the line and just clean bowled or nicks off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, that's all right. But, um, yeah, no, hopefully we'll have a bit more big bash uh, once New Year's rolls around with the test match being during the day. We'll have night games going then um, and we'll have a bit more cricket all day long. Cricket, cricket all day, day long. long. We're all excited for that. Anything more on cricket, Tom? All we want to discuss... Uh, the training oh, kit. Oh yeah, the oh, I've putrid got Australian training kit. They've gone with a, uh, I think it's a green, but it's almost like a teal green. It's like the it's like the color of your granddad's vintage Volvo. Yeah, it's just like oh, it just speaks old person. It does, uh, and old, like old shout out to our couch. old people, all our old people. I know you guys. You guys are the working class of our time. You guys were, uh, worked harder than any of us, but. Um, you're just boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> the colour palette's just a little bit bland. So why they've gone with that putrid green on like a gross grey for the yeah. training kits yeah. is just not really sure. And it just, it got you thinking, didn't it? It got you thinking. It did, it did. Um, so we thought, why not go back in time, even in, in the current day, and talk about some of the best and worst jerseys getting around. Now, I've got a couple here. 
And obviously, um, obviously, this is a podcast, so we'll whack some up on the socials. We'll yeah, uh, yeah. we'll put up a post just to give a bit of context. But um, the, yeah, my my first one that I love. Um, it's, I'm a bit of an NBA jersey fan. I think the NBA do a really good job of throwing their jerseys out there, just giving it a little bit of pop of color and and it just a little bit weird almost, yeah. but it's cool. Um, but my the, my favorite one at the moment is the current throwback Grizzlies jersey, the Memphis Grizzlies jersey. They're they're like a teal, bright teal, like turquoise color with like the old vintage Vancouver Grizzlies on the front. Um, ja Morant rocks it. I'm a big fan mm. of Ja Morant, and uh, it's pretty cool. You, yep. I mean, pretty much any time you see Ja Morant dunking, he's got one of those jerseys on. It's pretty sick. Um, and then my bad one for the NBA is when uh, the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors and the San Antonio Spurs rocked camouflage. They were just downright ugly. <laughs> they were awful. Especially for teams who, like, the Spurs are black and grey. Yeah. And the Raptors are generally red and black. Yeah. So nothing to do with green camouflage at all. And they've just gone, yeah, why not? Yeah. Why it's, not? It's an interesting one. Interesting one. What have um, you got, Tom? My disgusting one was it was a sort of mid nineties Hawthorne preseason Guernsey. So the Hawthorne Hawks. So I've got a picture here. Let me just describe it. So it's sort of it's not far off a royal blue base. Yeah. Is this Guernsey like a Fitzroy blue? Almost. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then they've gone and they've covered it in diamonds that are brown and yellow but they've also coupled that with their standard shorts which are brown which are also a completely different shade of brown like not even remotely close to the one on the Guernsey and a yellow like like mustard mustard yellow high socks which are also nothing like the yellow on the jersey Uh, there's a picture here Johnny Platten with flowing hair and kicking the ball. And, I mean, he looks aesthetic from uh, neck up, but on the way down, yeah, it no, is revolting. So we'll throw that one up on the socials too. Definitely. That's a that's a big one. That's awful. Um, I've got two for the, the AFL while we're on topic. Um, the They're both bad ones. I mean, the AFL are pretty good at making pretty good jerseys, I feel. Generally. Like. Generally, yeah. they're pretty good. Um, but they throw that odd one in there. Uh, they're... At the mid two thousand circuit, around then, reckon, the, yeah. around about that two thousand, yeah. early two thousands. The West Coast Eagles bought out like that. Remember back when they had the blue and yellow, and then they had that big eagle going across the the side, the left side of the the jersey. It was a pretty cool jersey, mm. I thought. Um, but they did it in black and red, and it it just wasn't nice. I, I think know. they actually had blue shorts too at yeah, the time. And, and it's it, like, I think it's a bit of orange or it's, the, it's meant to be kind of like an orange tinge because I yeah, feel like at times yeah. they were rocking a bit of orange in and like their colour palette. went to white as well as it faded away. It kind of just, it didn't look anything like no. an eagle. And I feel like West Coast really do need to embrace the blue, yellow and white yeah. kind of vibe. I think that's a really good colour palette yeah. and pretty easy to manage. But... These guys have just gone ahead and went, no, nah, we don't like that. Let's just go with this. Let's go with orange and red because <laughs> yeah. that's logical. I think we'll chuck that one up in the socials with yep. the Hawthorne one. And then the final one, and everyone knows this one, when the Western Bulldogs were inspired by Thor. <laughs> they just had like a 
Thor suit of armor on and oh, it was fucking revolting. <laughs> it was Chris Hemsworth <laughs> is their number one uh, ticket holder, sort of their highest profile yeah. fan. Yeah. So they went, you know what? Let's pay homage to the great man, Chris Hemsworth, who is a great man and a great looking man also. Um, don't mind a Thor movie, but my Lord, I just don't really know if it's... Uh, yeah, I just... I don't think it belongs on an AFL. Put it this way. If you search up WB, so Western Bulldogs, Thor jersey on Google, it comes up with like motocross jerseys. That's how, that's how bad they are. They just, <laughs> they just want nothing. I don't want no record of it. <laughs> no record. Um, and I didn't bring this up before. I really do want to bring this up. Uh, in the cricket, <sighs> in the test match. What the fuck, Fox Cricket? What is the pressure meter? What what is that? What Fox what are you getting out of pressure that? Pressure meter. Cam oh. Green comes out to bat. His first game. <laughs> They're I don't know four for sixty or whatever. Like yeah, he's under a bit of pressure, no doubt. So Fox put up this little visual down the bottom left hand, and it's just a gauge, and it's the Fox Fox Cricket pressure meter. And according to the pressure meter, it was high. It was. It, was it ever not high? I'm pretty sure every time it came up, it said high. Yeah, it did. Like it was just full ball, turn it all the way on, <laughs> ten volume, high, and <laughs> they couldn't even throw in like extremely high or very high, like no. you know, with the like fire rating That's things. Exactly what I was thinking. You don't have like low chance or like. You know, medium chance. Just got high the whole time. And even Warney, who is a rare unit at the best of times, was given that a bit of a giggle. He was having a bit of a giggle at that. And, yeah, it just put off pretty fucking ordinary vibes for me. <laughs> even the wind viz, they've got the wind viz. It changed every 20 seconds that, yeah. like, if Pajara nicked off, then all of a sudden Australia was 67% chance of winning. And then... Khalid hit a four and then India had a 67% chance. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It, test cricket guys, like. Test cricket is, and everyone should know this, test cricket is not won in day one or two. Like, no. it's not won, it's not done. It's won in the last last two days. And even then, it's not done until it's done. Yeah. So don't put Winbeer's shit up there. Like, no one cares... If Australia are none for 450, we know that they're probably going to win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or it's going to be a draw. And then... Because <laughs> they're batted for three days. If, <laughs> if, that's, if that's the case, show the pressure meter then. Is the pressure low? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. When isn't the pressure high? I've only ever seen high pressure. I, I, I don't know what's... Anyway, that's all right. Stupid. I don't know what they were thinking. That's all we've got. Better move on to um, the NBA. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Um, now, this ties in with a little bit of Holy Grail mail. Um, a good friend of ours, Tommy Stevenson, has uh, written in. Um, I'll get the message up. Tom, do you want to just um, give me two seconds to find it? <laughs> yeah, no worries. No worries. So, um, I don't know. We've sort of... It was essentially... Can you boys make some predictions on like the... You know, who's going to do well? What awards are going to be given out? So, you can read the message out there. All right, guys. so... Hey, legends. I listened to the recent episode and came across a suggestion that could be good for upcoming podcasts. I was thinking for NBA podcasts, could talk about NBA award predictions or really just all sport award predictions, i.e. MVP Tom Stevenson. 
or as he would love it, uh, Lonzo Ball. Um, thanks, fellas, and have a good Christmas break. Well, Tom, we love you. Thanks for writing in, mate. Um, you're a bloody legend, uh, and and we're going to bring you our NBA award winners for this year, our tips, uh, our champions, um, and all that. We will get to uh, stuff like uh, the Allen Border Medal and yep. and all that in upcoming episodes. We didn't want to pack it all into one. No. So, um, Tom, take it away, MVP. All right. So my MVP, I went with Giannis. Giannis. I'm um I'm loading up on the Bucks train. Yeah, you're a bit of a bandwagon. Oh, I am. I am. I've been sort of jumped in the bandwagon Don't probably a year or so ago. But look, I don't know. I'm just going to load up on them. I've got Giannis as my MVP. So he's going back to back to back. Uh, got him. Yes. Yes. I have him going for the three-peat. Um, right. And the predominant reason that I have him going for the three-peat is last... I tried to work out what Giannis's contract breakdown sort of was. And I found an image. Um, so... Every second. <laughs> 228.2 million over five seasons. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Over one season, 45.6 mil. Not bad. Game, 556.6 thousand. Every quarter, 139,000. Every minute he plays... That's ridiculous. 11.6 thousand. That's and my... Every, that's every my... second that he is out on court, 193 bucks. Centrelink only pays me that fortnightly. <laughs> <laughs> so I just went Giannis because I went, shit, if you're on that money, you better be doing something. Yeah. So there's, no. my, there's my first prediction. Uh, Who do you have MVP? My MVP is none other than the European god himself, Luka Doncic. Oh, Luka, um, Luka, Luka Magic, he's just, the Mavs are going somewhere this season. Um, I know another another part of our mail. I had a a bit of an angry one from Mister Pike, um, saying, "You idiot! The Portland Trailblazers will not be the second seed. Did you forget about the Mavericks? I did at that time forget about the Mavericks, but I don't take that back. I do still think that the Portland Trailblazers will be the second seed. But Luca Magic, he's just something else, and I think he was pretty stiff not being in contention." that much last year um, he had a really good year and he's going to do it all again don't um, mind it good shout defensive player of the year Tom uh, I have no idea what the defensive player of the year award is but <laughs> you've got AD um, does Krista Porzingis defend because <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll I've, go go, I've got him in my fantasy team <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in a competition with young Tommy Stevenson and Parks and a few others so um, yep Krista Porzingis <laughs> Right, well, I'm going with I'm going with Anthony Davis, um, big time block, uh, shot blocker, and uh, yeah, they're going to go a long way this year. The the Lakers they've only just gotten better, and I think it's given AD more of a chance to play that power forward role and not so much a uh, center role. Uh, get with their pickup with Marcus All, so I think that he'll be a better all round defender. Um, rookie of the year. That was a great analysis, Parks. Much better than mine. Ah, uh, Lamelo. Yeah, me too. Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball. He's a, the the Wollongong Wollongong boy, yeah. Wollongong local. Yeah. Um, we 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 know him personally. Yeah, we, yeah. We actually, chatted to him. We've said to him, "Hey, mate, we've we've both put a bit of money on you. Don't don't stuff this up. Yeah. <laughs> Please come through for us. No, of course not. 
But, yeah, mellow. Yeah. Right, most improved. Uh, I had... I couldn't split Kyle Lowry or Donovan Mitchell. Uh, they're both in your... And they're both in your fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if, in case you haven't realised, um, pretty much my predictions are based on I want these people to do well because they're in my fantasy team and I don't know many other players outside of the ones in my fantasy team. <laughs> no, but... Uh, Kyle Lowry um, at Toronto with Pascal Siakam so a lot of you know there'll be a lot riding on his shoulders yeah. um, they've had Van Vliet Van Vliet yeah true too, and he's yeah, like, yeah. I could say a breakout season on him yeah um, uh, they've had to relocate to Tampa Bay for the upcoming season um, obviously with border closures over to Canada so they've got look they're pushing shit uphill but I think, you know, Diamond's made under pressure. So Kyle Lowry or also Donovan Mitchell showed us heaps there late in the season. Yeah, that, that postseason effort from yeah. Donovan was otherworldly. So whether you can get most improved because he's shown us that, but whether he can take his game to another level and yeah. be in that conversation, like with the real big boys, yeah. we'll see. I've got, I've got Kelly Oubre. Uh, been traded to the Warriors. Uh, of course, the injury to Clay Thompson uh, means he's out for the season, which means Kelly probably jumps into that shooting guard uh, role straight away. Um, and I think that uh, it's big things coming for him. I think there's a lot of lot on offer for um, what happens with him. Uh, and Steph Curry, Steph Curry's going to have a good year. Hopefully, he doesn't. He, hopefully, he gets through without an injury, and we can really experience. Him. Uh, a full season of how good he really is because he is one of a kind kind of player. Just while we're on uh, Kelly Oubre, is that correct? Kelly Oubre. Um, this ties in beautifully with uh, Matty Mallon, sent us in a fan mail as well, hologram mail. So he said, hey boys, long time listener, first time caller. Love the show and have just got a topic I'd love to get your thoughts on. What sort of influence do you think CP3 having on the will have on the Phoenix Suns, obviously Chris Paul. Is playoffs a minimum expectation with the names they have running around the court now? And then, as a Suns fan, I was also devastated to see Kelly Oubre leave. I'd also love to hear your thoughts on what kind of job he can do for the Warriors as a Sellies gap filler. With Clay Thompson out for the year, and if he can help them back into playoffs contention. Love your work so far, fellas. Keep it up. So... You've got Kelly Oubre. You think he can have a real impact at the Warriors? I think he's actually a perfect fit. Yeah. Now, uh, he won't be Clay Thompson caliber. Um, uh, He can't shoot. He's not a very good shooter anyway. Um, But he's very, very good at attacking the rim. Yep. Um, Effort plays, gutsy plays. And I think that they'll come in. Steph, it'll take a bit of working for Steph Curry to get used to him. Yeah. but I think that he'll be a really, really good pickup for the Warriors. Yep. Um, I think he'll be a bit more than a Sellies gap filler. Yeah. I think he'll. Nice. I think he'll be a, a genuine starter for them. And I think if Clay Thompson comes back, he'll he might even move up to the the small forward position. Yep. Um, and the Phoenix Suns. I would have thought that with Chris Paul, with Devin Booker, they've they've, they've got to do a bit. Um, and I, I think, would say playoffs is minimum expectation. I think um, in that West, you're probably like it's pretty pretty hard to get much higher than you know the sixth seed. Um, but seventh and eighth seed, I'd 
expect from him. If you if you can get higher than that, I'd yep. be, be pretty chuffed as a Phoenix Sun um, supporter. But I think that the Suns are doing the right thing. Their front office has done a really really good job at hanging on to Devin Booker. Um, I think that they got some pretty good assets for Chris Paul. Uh, they gave up a, a bit, but they got Chris Paul. And I think they've got a really good player in him. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long he'll stick around for, but you never oh, know. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's a Mr. And, consistent, isn't he? Like oh, he has good just been, He's just been doing it for years and years and years too. Yeah. Um, you know what you're getting with him. Yep. And they obviously think that they can. Now is their time to contend, like to genuinely try and push to be contenders mm. with Devin Booker still around. Yep. You know. I mean, Phoenix being a smaller market, like there'll be people coming for Devin Booker, you would have to think. Yep. Um, so whether they've just gone, look, now's the time to really try and shake things up. See how they go. I think that that's a really, yeah, a really good season. And it's a really like good chance for Phoenix to jump, jump on the, on the bandwagon, I guess, of winning yep. the championship. Um, before we get too sidetracked, we should finish these yep. award winners. Uh, we just done most improved. So sixth man of the year. Have you got anyone? Uh, Montreus Harrell from the Lakers. Montreus Harrell, yeah. <laughs> also in my uh, fantasy team. Also in your fantasy team. Um, and he's going back to back six now. That is back to back. Yeah, correct. Yep. You are correct. Yeah. So get around, get around Montreus. Um, I've got. So this one is very dependent on whether he comes off the bench, but I've got Dennis Schroeder as my sixth man. Uh, if he comes off the bench, that is, uh, I think he is actually looking for a starting role. But if he doesn't come off the bench and he starts, then Spencer Dinwiddie, he will probably, probably come off the bench. I think yep. for um, the Brooklyn Nets, and I think he'll be a really good slide piece to Kyrie at the point guard position because he is a pretty elite guard, and I think he's very undervalued by a lot of people. I think he's a He's a very good shooter. He's tall. He's a good passer of the ball, good dribbler. Um, and I think he just it works really well with uh, Jared Allen um, as a backup center and backup point guard. And I think that their bench and their team, the Nets, like I said, they're looking good. They're looking really good. Um, yeah, also on Matty Mallon. Matty Mallon asked uh, what our thoughts were on a couple of the off-season moves. Um, I've just got a couple here. I think that, like we were saying, Phoenix picking up CP3 uh, was a really good move. Um, losing Kelly Oubre, probably not that great. But, you know, that's it is what it is. Um, the big one that I thought, uh, Houston obviously traded Russell Westbrook for Jane, uh, John Wall. Um, so Russell's at... Washington, Washington Wizards, yeah, uh, and John Wall's at Houston. I don't know which team won there. I think, I mean, obviously Russell Westbrook's a better player in his prime, but mm. he's been pretty Westbrook recently. Mm. And John Wall's coming back from a major Achilles injury where he hasn't really played for a long time. Yeah, as far as I can remember, I think the last time I saw him play was when the Cavs were playing in the finals. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's been a while. Uh, it's good to see him back out in the court, but I don't know at, at what expense that yep. injury is caused to him. Oh, I would, I'd go with Westbrook, but look, I don't really know. Yeah. It'd be weird. It'd be a weird one to see Westbrook 
pulling up deep from three and Brad Beal just sitting in the corner going, fuck, what am I doing here? See <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> a fucking air ball go. I can tell you right now, Brad Beal's going to be on the move pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> Will he see the season yet? Uh, Maybe. Know. Maybe. We'll see how they start. They seem to click okay, but yeah, I could just see it happening, and it just it just been awful. And who, um, are you, who are your champs, Parks? My championships uh, team. It's got to be the Lakers back to back. Yeah, um, they. You can't really not choose the team who got better in the off season after winning it. Mm. Um, so I think that yeah, they picked up a, a veteran uh, veteran center in Marcus who can spread the floor a bit, um, giving AD the the paint and yep. uh, that post area. Um, and then Montrez Harrell and Dennis Trude off the bench is pretty late. I've got the Bucks. I'm jumping on the Bucks. Um, the Nets Giannis. are going to trample them, mate. KD's just going to let these pull-up threes just fire. And Giannis ain't going to know what to do. He's going to come back and do his own and brick Drew it. Holiday and <laughs> Chris Middleton. They'll uh, lead the Bucks to victory. <laughs> I don't know. Fair, fair enough. Probably not, but we'll see. We'll fair see. enough. I don't mind it. Anything else in the NBA? Uh, my The other thing that caught my eye, Rudy Gobert. 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 Yeah, he's French, mate. Yeah, yeah, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> um, from the Jazz, the only, oh, like, as I say, the only thing I know him for was that he was the first player in the NBA to test positive to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> And obviously that bit of publicity has helped him out because he's just signed a five-year, $205 million contract with the Jazz, I believe, pretty much overnight, yeah. which is the second highest ever behind uh, Giannis's contract last week. Don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Overpaid. <laughs> so nah, that was the other thing that caught my eye on the NBA. Rudy's, Rudy's a good player. He's a good player. He's a very good defensive player, but just has nothing on offense. Yeah. And you shouldn't be getting 205 mil for five years if you're doing nothing on 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 offense. Mate, I'm telling you, there's no publicity. Can't shoot. Nothing, no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you are right. He, he's, he's got the payday. And, look, good on him. Good on him. Yeah. But if I was the Jazz ownership, I'm just thinking, fuck, I fucked up there. Because <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty hefty, like, say you get three years down the line... Yep. And Rudy ain't good no more. Um, a, and you're thinking... Oh, a big what? Con- it's a big contract to carry. That's a big contract to trade away. If you want, you're looking for some picks and, yep. and a couple of plays for this like veteran, defensive, tall god, French god, but you got to pay him 150 mil. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, nah. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think right. I'll just hang on to my... My second round protected pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. um, all right. Any more? Oh, that's all I've got for the NBA. That's all I've got for the NBA. We've got a couple more just quick fire Holy Grail males to uh, get to. Yeah. As, as we said last time, DM us at the Holy Grail mail on Instagram. Give us a like, give us a follow. Um, and send us through any stories, any discussion points you want to yeah. you want us to talk about. We'll try, try to get to them. So... First one I've got here is from Alex Paik, Big Paikey. Uh, we'll have to get him on the show. He's, yeah, he's yeah. had a bit of experience playing on a couple of, a couple of AFL players. Uh, the big 
big boy fullback um, playing from the Neefle. Uh, so we'll have to get him on the show. He's probably got a couple of stories about getting bags kicked on him, but uh, he would. He would. Johnny <laughs> Patton, Johnny Patton the one, the one bloke that everyone thought, oh, this guy's going to be massive, but just got injured all the time, still kicking bags on Alex Bella. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the support, Pakey. Uh, hey, boys, long time listener, love the show. <laughs> Wanting to know the toughest losses and best wins you've had on the punt. Um, personally, my best one was. Mid-year, it was the first test match back, the West Indies and England. The Windies were paying heaps, paying like nine bucks at this, like, this is about a week out. And I was like, going through the West Indies team, yeah, you're not much chop. But I went through the English team and I was like, you also are pretty ordinary. First test match back for like six months, like, they're huge odds. I let it go and then they firmed me in a 750. It was my go for the punters club. So loaded up, I think it was only about twenty bucks, but at seven fifty, whatever it came back to, I was like, yeah, that's nice. That's pretty good. So that's probably my best one. I was on the top of the leaderboard for the punters club for a while. It did for a little while. Um, toughest loss, ah, oh, I don't know, all of them, all of them. <laughs> I had a lot of tough losses, mate. Yeah, they all just blend into one. Yeah, <laughs> one blur know, of disappointment. I don't know if I've had many like. Super tough losses. Um, I'm not a not a massive money gambler. I don't spend yeah. heaps of money on it. I like I like having the punt. I do it quite often, but I just don't put that much money on. But my best win, um, it's probably with the punters club. We had the syndicate, and we had two hundred and fifty bucks, something like that. And it's about what it would have been like ten thirty at night. And the only races on were uh, over in Japan in Kawasaki. <laughs> and this horse came up and was paying a dollar ninety or something like that. And it's called Raua. So let me spell that for you. R-Y-U-Y-A. <laughs> I don't know if someone someone message us how to how to pronounce that. Just <laughs> voice record yourself, because I've got no idea. But still, we thought, oh shit. Let's just put it all on the nose. And uh, sure enough, got up. 460 odd bucks and uh, went straight to cruises at Audi. There was, a, <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of excitement and then splurged it all between the 12 of us there yeah. on uh, vodka crushes. Vodka crushes from Audi Good and night. about 20 pizzas that yeah. none of us ate. Yeah. Uh, and we went back to a mate's place and absolutely ruined it. Mm. But it was, it was fun. It, it was, was great good. fun. Um, but I do want to... Give a shout out to one of our mates. I won't disclose his name, but uh, had a multi get up the other other week. Uh, had five horses to win, one to place. Put fifty bucks on it. Uh, a neat twenty six and a half grand. That's uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> pretty that's good. Nice. That is nice. Um, that's the dream, and that's why everyone keeps going back. I know. Right, there you go, Pakey. So we've got another one uh, here from our great mate Cameron Bailey. Now, can we just do this one sort of just like a bit, bit of a quick fire one, just quick to finish a couple of quick discussion points, just to finish up the uh, finish up the show. Yeah, I agree. Love it. Let's do it. So here he said, "Hi, fam. You spell high wrong, by the way, Cameron. <laughs> Silly duffer." Hi fam, haven't listened yet, but we'll check it out soon. Discussion topics if you're taking requests for the future. Number one, here we go. Numbers on the back of test match shirts. I'm a no. Oh. Unless they're aesthetically ple- aesthetically pleasing like Tim Payne's oh, seven. Tim Payne's seven, <laughs> isn't it crisp? It's so good. It's crisp, it's sharp edged, it's beautifully centered. Yeah. 
One, I'm a big fan of T Pain's number seven, but there's I just there's a few numbers that look really good, and then there's just weird numbers like Ravi Ashwin being ninety nine. Like yeah, no, nah, don't no, don't. And I don't think like a number one. I'll just have nine. And I don't think a number nine, like a number one, would be that aesthetically pleasing. No. But the other thing is, how many numbers can you like? How many cricketers' numbers can you say off the top of your head? Paddy Cummins, 30. Labuschagne, 33. Ravi Ashwin, 99. Tim Payne, 7. That's about it. Smith, 67, maybe? 47? I don't know. It just doesn't... I don't associate numbers on the back of shirts. We know exactly who they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't associate, like, that's the, that's Paddy Cummins' number anywhere near as much as Chris Judd, number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Ablett, number nine and four. What was it before that? 23. These 20. sort of things. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but these like AFL players, you just think like this is their number. Like Dusty's yeah. number four. Everyone yeah. knows you see a number four around. You don't need a name up there. It's just Dusty. Yeah. But it just like that's the thing. They don't have their names in the back. But and tell me, in cricket, you're scoring. Mm. Right? And you can't really say that your number is there for any other reason than for scorers to know who it is. Yeah. Um, when you're scoring, do you look at the batsman and put down number 30, one for 23? No. No, no you don't. You just put Pat Cum- P. Cummins, one for 30. I just think it's a, it's a little bit silly. Um, and test shirts have also got very cluttered. Yeah. They, they used are. to just be crisp. You had the Aussie emblem. You had one sponsor, one sponsor, three mobile, Vodafone. Yeah, uh, it's a Linter Energy lately, but now we've got the bigger Linter Energy in the front as well. Like, yeah. I can sort of see like it's because of COVID. They thought um, cricket boards yeah. need a bit more money, a bit Last more sponsorship year. money. Um, but now we've got na- names and numbers. Name I'm just back. not so sure about that one, Bales. Yeah, no, I like the blank, the blank canvas yep. of uh, the old like Shane Warne, Glenn McGrath, like. Yeah, it's not the yeah. Brett Lee. The th- three mobile, three mobile was good. Wasn't just, that? just the golden era. Yeah, it was good. Um, next one, Richo on BBL commentary. Uh, what's his name? Richardson, old mate from uh, the betting. What is it? Betting racing dot com. Racing dot com. That's where he belongs, and I'm not a huge fan of him on the BBL commentary, but also Channel Seven and like we're Fox Sports subscribers, so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're a little bit, a little bit uh, upper class. I'm not, I'm not seeing too much of Richo on the BBL commentary, but he's, I'm not a huge fan of him. But in fairness, it's easy to be critical. But I'll just get KO. Right? You don't have to listen to him. <laughs> Treat yourself. Uh, number three, should the AFL bring back press red for Ed now he's been booted from the prize? Uh, yeah. yeah, Eddie McGuire's out the door. Out the door. He's uh, stepping down yep. as of next, uh, the end of this upcoming year, 2021, stepping down from the president. I cannot recall in my lifetime another Collingwood president. No, he, neither well, he must have been no. there 20, 25 years minimum. And um, I remember I remember going, what's what's the who was the big millionaire guy doing at the <laughs> AFL every week? <laughs> <laughs> he must be a massive Pies fan. And yeah. then it kind of clicked. Oh, he's actually the president. And obviously, <laughs> obviously Press Red for Ed was a Fox Sports feature where it was just Eddie Maguire and... Look, I didn't watch it too often, but oh, a couple of other um, Magpies legends, fanatics would just be on there just losing their shit, just being the most biased 
commentators ever. Um, Typically s- why most people don't like Collingwood. Yeah. But look, Pies fans will probably get around it. So I'm back in Fox Footy to bring back Press Red for Ed. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I can agree. I would like to say that again. Yeah. Uh, number four, general thoughts on Pat Cummins. Now, Tom, oh. have we not spoken about this bloke enough? Oh. Do I need to reiterate the fact that I want to dance him just so I can kiss him? Oh, he's, he's so good. good. He's good. <laughs> he's so good. I'm um, looking forward to him uh, becoming the next James Bond actor. And I would like to see him driving away in an Aston DB9. Oh, with his Rolex and like... A nice a nice, good looking... Nice bad shirt. He could even have like... A girl oh, in, the, in just the passenger seat. Oh. Sharp suit, Rolex, like... Shaving himself with a blade too. Like, oh. Just real oh. James Bond. I yep. could see him doing that at home. I reckon yep. he's the kind of bloke that just stands there butt naked in the mirror, yep. just looking at himself, shaving himself with a blade and just going, yeah, I'm pretty cool. I reckon like if you want to sell cricket and you want to widen the audience, you want to say increase like a female viewership audience, then just get old PC up there. Just Keep getting close-ups of Pat Cummins running in, looking beautiful, bowling. Make him take his shirt off. <laughs> Make him take his shirt off more. <laughs> That's... Someone it, throw it, water it all just happen. It all just happen. Someone throw water and sand on his shirt so he has to change oh. it. We can see. I feel like Bruce McAvaney commentating uh, Cirrioli right now. Um, last, last but not one. least. Last but not least. Trent Copeland for PM. Again... We've been watching the Fox Sports telecast predominantly, so I haven't seen Trent and his touch screen so much. I'm He's very I, good at it. He, he is, is very, very good, good at it. it. And I'm I am a big Trent Copeland fan. Mm, um, I'm also a big like Mr. Cricket Fox mm, Lab fan. Mm. So I'm a bit torn there. Mm. But I love I love the great cricket vibes of Trent Copeland and the fact that he at like nineteen years old was a first grade wicket keeper. Yeah. And has then gone on to play test match cricket for Australia, opening the bowling, opened the bowling for the Blues and has done for like 10 or 12 years. Just 126, 7, 8k an hour, just dibbly dobblers hitting the spot. <laughs> but just getting the job done. And he's yeah. tall and he's sharp. Let's be honest though. Yeah. Right. A few dibbly dobblers. You know, um, ScoMo's doing. Just about the same, isn't he? Just a few dibbly dobbly. He's not bowling 140 clicks, worrying people, is he? Yeah. He's so not bowling around your head, and you're you're a batsman going, Fuck, "Where's he's going?" Jesus. So he? on the PM chat, uh, Trent Copeland for PM. I'll take Pat Cummins, thank you. Yeah, I'll take Pat Cummins. Pat Cummins is my PM. Yeah. He can be my. He can be the captain of Australia and James Bond and the Prime Minister of Australia at the same time. He can do it all. He he does I, do everything, and for I us. and I expect him to. I expect him to do everything. I think we finished on that. That was a great episode. See you in 2021, everyone. Catch you later.